Hey folks, Rich from Trapping Inc. TV here. And I bet you're just like me, and the day can't start without that first cup of coffee. For me, it's Stout Maple. Old smoke coffee's darkest roast. Strong, aromatic, and smooth. That gets me revved up and ready for whatever the day throws at me. Old Smokes roast their coffee over wood fires, the old-fashioned way. Wood roasting takes time, much longer than modern hot air roasting. Slow roasting over wood takes the bitter out of the bean and imparts a heavenly taste and aroma from the wood used. Old Smokes makes a perfect roast for each person. There are five roasts from light to extra dark, each roasted over a different wood for a unique flavor. Right now you can order from their online store and use our promo code RICH, that's R-I-C-H, and get a free travel bottle on any purchase of $45 of coffee, excluding the Wounded Warriors blend. Just go to oldsmokescoffee.com that's O-L-E, smokescoffee.com. Use the promo code RICH. In these trying times, everybody's trying their best to adapt. Old Smokes is changing the promo rewards every couple of weeks, but every time, from now on, use RICH for the code. RICH will be the only promo code going forward, and what the heck, it's a lot less spelling on that silly phone screen. And now, back to today's show. Hey, welcome to the Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Rich Mellon, and today I have a guest from the very far north. Everybody thinks that I live far north. I'm not even close to where this guy is this fella is uh up in the in the northwest territories you are at Yellowknife, aren't you devon yeah yep, in Yellowknife. Yellowknife in the, in the northwest territories devon before i mispronounce your your last name and i should have asked you this before we came on how do we how do you pronounce your last name it's uh alalu alalu okay i would have got it wrong <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about a little bit about you 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 are a first nation trapper you live in in uh, Yellowknife. Uh, you have a great trap line uh let's let's get right into it how old are you i'm uh i'm 24 and i actually just started trapping uh two winters ago okay no no history before uh no so actually the first uh trapping video i watched it kind of sparked my interest in trapping was your links, uh, your links trapping video, and then I went out and started trapping links, and really got into trapping Martin from there. Just uh, took off. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I, I've <laughs> That's often pretty told much everything I've learned. <laughs> I've often told Sandy Sorry, that ahead. that PETA has our picture up on a post office wall somewhere, and they they, they throw darts at us. <laughs> we've <laughs> yeah, we've uh, sure. we've brought many people back to the back into the trapping or, or into it for the first time. So. You live in a wondrous place when it comes to being a trapper, a hunter, a fisherman. Right. Yeah, it's a vast amount of land we have up here for sure. Describe to the people, what does your country look like? Where you trap? Uh, you know, is it hilly? Is it treed? Is it lakes? What, what is it? Uh, we have like a touch of everything. I'd say uh, it's quite comparable to places in Alaska, for sure, minus the mountains. But we have a lot of Canadian field, a lot of rocks. Uh, hilled areas and tons and tons of lakes that you can uh, utilize to get to and from areas. Yes, I've I've been um, north of of Yellowknife hunting uh, caribou uh, up with True North Safaris, and the, the water there was just astounding. How much water there was! You, you were never very far from water, so that you that was where the you know the ice roads and that became so important, right? Right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to guide. I used to guide up uh, um, under there as well. There, not not for artisanals, but for bathers. Though. Okay, okay. So you got interested in trapping, and you decided to go all in. 
Yeah, just went all in, bought a whole bunch of Martin traps, Wolverine traps. Um, I had a, a knowledge of skinning just from just from hunting and hunting caribou and elk and moose and whatnot. But pretty much every uh, bird handling method I got from the internet and YouTube and how to build boxes, places to set boxes, how to identify traps and whatnot. But Isn't that everything amazing? else? I pretty much just learned as I went. Yeah. Isn't that amazing in the, t t today's world that something so traditional as trapping can be learned off something so modern as the internet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the when I watched your video the following summer, I spent almost every day just looking on forums, um, watching videos on how to trap. I got everything ready to go, and I just did everything right the first time, and I was pretty successful. Yeah, it does help if you if you have a couple shortcuts, doesn't it? I mean, everything has to be adapted to your your area, your animals, that kind of stuff. But I mean, having the having the basics sure helps a lot. I know that uh, it has helped me with a with a couple of different animals that I don't run into a lot. But when when I do run into it, I I, I know the basics of what I should do or what's important, right? Like, lynx could care less about steel, right? And yet, right. steel is so very important when it comes to wolves. They they don't like it at all. Oh yeah, and it's uh, quite a pain too with uh, wolverines running down the line. They just they hate steel, uh, so you'll have to perfectly hide your traps if you want to be successful. Oh really? Really? They 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 don't. That's yeah, I find. I, well, I find that if they if they can see the trap, um, they won't even bother going in. Really? So how do you target your 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 wolverine? What are your most successful sets? I'd say uh, a milk crate. So I'd I'd actually use a drill and a washer. I'd scroll a uh, drill a milk crate into a tree, and I'd set a trap inside the box with Wolverine and two spiked uh, spruce spikes going through the holes in the milk crate, so that when the trap sets off, it doesn't hit the bait, but also pushes the springs out over the over the body. But I have to make sure I put spruce boughs um, completely covering it, just so that the only thing that they can see is just a little piece of bait at the back of the box there. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And you, how big is your, your trap line? Uh, it's like 120 kilometers, but I'm constantly um, taking down sets. If, uh, if I pulled quite a few Martin out of one spot, and I'll just scout out a new area just to uh, just take advantage of the kind of area we have here. Okay. And you, I'd say 100, 100 would be uh, reasonable. And you, is it just one big continuous loop, or do you have smaller loops? Do you have a, a cabin on it? Uh, nope. So I'd actually just leave my house and then go go on my trap line. But it it is one big loop. But I have uh, lines that branch off of that one loop, so it can take a take quite a bit of time if I wanted to trip it all in one go. Okay, so that's that, that's a long that's a long trip. Do you get it done in one day, or does it take a couple of days? Uh, I could I could do it in one day. I have a I run four strokes, um, which are pretty good on gas. I only burn probably. 18 liters on, on one trip, but it would probably, leaving my house to getting back to my house would take probably seven hours. Okay. Okay. Do you get a lot of snow there? Oh, yeah, definitely. We actually just got a big pile and the pile of snow and the snow drifts are incredible. <laughs> oh, what a year for wind, huh? What a year for wind. We are, it's just crazy here. Um, <laughs> we're sitting on the 5th of April and, and I've got the most snow I've had the whole year. I've got, uh, been 
running the skids to you're trying to keep things open around <laughs> around here in some places my my snowplow ridges are up 12 feet in the air you know <laughs> seriously yeah i'm getting really stuck once in a while on my my bigger machines it's uh quite a bit. so what are the animals that you have on your line um well i i target mostly martin but i set I have quite a few wolverines that run down my line too, so I set with, I call them insurance boxes, because if I don't set my wolverine traps on my martin, um, they'll take down every single box on that line. But other than wolves and, sorry, other than wolverines and martin, I have quite a few wolverines there, which is pretty much all I bother with. That's, that's it. You, you, you don't target any, any beaver or otter or anything like that, or, or is there not much of? Um, well, actually, we have quite a few beaver, but usually in the spring, um, late fall, that's when I'll be getting beavers for bait. Okay. Uh, we also have quite, we have quite a few links here too, but I don't even bother just because of the, the fur prices. And my wife actually hates me bringing links in the house because they're always just riddled with fleas. Really? And you don't, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is so weird because I've never seen a flea on a lynx. Really? Oh, we, I've caught them before and they just have thousands and thousands of fleas. It's, and and it's yet, pretty, pretty around here, it's a fox. Like, I mean, a fox has, has cubic feet of, of fleas on it. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> fox and, and ermine. That's crazy. But uh, do, do, your, do your Martin have, have fleas? Uh, once in a while, yeah. Like, I'll catch some with maybe one or two, but they have these little smaller flea-like looking critters on them, but they're not fleas. I'm actually not sure what they are, but they, they bite for sure. Oh, really? Uh, no, the only the only thing we worry about, well, of course, squirrels, but squirrels and uh, and weasels and um, fox. Oh my goodness, fox! I, I I I spray all my canids down, right? Like I mean, the the wolves and the coyotes and that kind of stuff. I all spray, but it's uh, the the fox and the weasel stand out head and shoulders above every, everybody else. And I've never seen a flea on a on a lynx. That's amazing. <laughs> I'd I'd have to. I'd have to spray them with Raid, like, multiple times, stick them in a garbage bag, and then I'd actually have to take a vacuum to them just to try and <laughs> get rid of some of these fleas. So I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm not a thing bother anymore. That's crazy. That is crazy. So you, you've had uh, big success then with your Martin and, and your Wolverine? Mm, yeah, this year I pulled in uh, 68 Martin and 15 Wolverines. Right, and how long was your season? Uh, from the 1st of November, and I pulled all my traps on the 28th of February. Wow. That's a lot in that short time. Yeah. So your population... I had good success right off. Your population... Sorry, I had good success right off. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> your uh, your populations were, are, are really high then? Yeah, I'd say so for sure. Even just, uh, I ran down my line... Uh, few days ago just to check out the area and there's still wolverines running down yeah, they're pretty cool aren't they? they 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 can make so many miles in the night they just astound me yeah yeah on my first year there was a group of three of them and i had maybe a 40 kilometer line they pulled down every single martin box i had up <laughs> yeah um Kevin Schaub, we went up, we did a couple of different uh, shows with him on, on his line that he had up at Steen River, which is just a little bit south of you, not, not, not too bad. But anyway, 
he said that the first winter they put up 300 Martin boxes and he said the Wolverines destroyed them all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing how much work they can uh, (laughs) take down in one night. Did you have any that are were particularly brilliant? Yeah, I, two of them I got this year. One, uh, his crown was super, super bright, super bright yellow almost. And yeah. The other one I have, I actually back from the auction this year. He had white paws. Oh wow! But did you have uh, any uh, like a Wolverine that was a problem that was really hard to catch? Like he, he, you know, he gave you a run for your money kind of thing. Oh yeah. Oh, not 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 so bad this year. I had maybe a dozen boxes pulled down, but other than that, I've been able to keep on top of them just by setting my insurance boxes on the line. Oh okay. Okay. It was it was kind of funny because um, Kevin was talking about they they had one there, and I forget they had a name for it, but it it was a a thorn in their side for two or three years, and they finally the only way they oh, yeah. ended up getting him was they they had a. Uh, like a running pole set and they put snares on the running pole set and they would uh right. they caught it in the on the snares on this running pole set but but they couldn't get it to go into a trap or stick its foot in a in a foothold or anything anymore right right yeah they're uh very smart those ones yeah so as a newcomer to the to the the whole life of trapping what have been the uh, you know the biggest learning curves? Um, I'd say the biggest one uh, would be just to make sure you're setting traps where the animals are. Because if there's not no animals in the area, you could do everything right. You could have the right box, bait, lure, trap. You're just not going to catch them. But if you scout it out uh, quite a bit beforehand and make sure that they're in the area, you just <clears throat> set a whole bunch of traps. Yeah, that's that's very true. I get all kinds of questions that people ask me, you know, where do you set a coyote trap or whatever? And and they might be in Kentucky and it's like, you know, how well do you know your line? Because that's what's important. It's you have to know your line and, and how the animals utilize that habitat, right? I find too, like even Martin in my area they're kind of picky, so some areas they'll want to go after fish in boxes or some areas they'll want to go after beaver, but Pretty much uh, uh, like Robert Granjohn, he's his pony. I use pony once in a while as well, but find beaver to be the safest bet. Yeah, he, he uses just coney, and then he didn't, uh, the, the the fish, and he didn't use um, a lure even. That was yeah. that was amazing. Um, when I was right up to the Arctic there uh, with uh, Ian, I couldn't believe how there was no smell in the world up there, you know? Like he, there was just nothing, and and when I lift up the seat of my of my machine, and of course I had some some skunky lure in there. While it, it, it you know, it was like an explosion in the world because it was everything just so dry and cold. There was just no smell, right? But they they didn't use lure either. No, no, pretty much just uh, full from the Arctic. They like to use seal, which is pretty pretty fatty and pretty smelly too. So it's <clears throat> bony and anything fatty really travels. In our areas, you don't use uh, a lure then. Uh, I did on my first year. I used um, <clears throat> pony oil that I made in skunk essence, but this year I even I didn't even have to bother. I just used a uh, pony oil again and just 
Oh, okay. Tell me just on average, where do you set your, you know, where do you set a, a Martin trap? Like, you know, I mean, of course you've got sign there, but what, what does that country usually look like? Uh, like where I'm placing the sets. Yeah. I, you know, are usually. I, I would say on, oh yeah. Right. Right on portages. Like I'll, I'll set my first box right on a first portage coming off of the lake because the scent will travel all around the lake. <clears throat> and then usually my trails are about, uh, one to two kilometers before you hit the next lake, and then I'll maybe set two or three more. But I find right on the uh, the water's edge is where most of the Hey, Rich here. Sandy and I are pleased to announce the launch of our exclusive community, Trapping Inc. Nation. We've created the community to connect more closely with our fans, friends, and supporters without the interference and censorship of social media companies. By making this community subscriber exclusive, we can share thoughts and ideas freely without the censored photos, shadow banning, and deplatforming of Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Trolls will be a thing of the past, as not one will spend a nickel to protest on a paid site. Here you're going to get to see the new Trapping Inc. videos months ahead of YouTube and Amazon Prime availability. New podcasts will premiere here for a week as well, and we are going to be sharing articles on trapping and guns and shooting as well as our new TV series, Married to the Hunt. The forum is here for everyone to post on and interact. You can message us directly. Post and interact with all the other subscribers. We ask that you be respectful and helpful. This whole venture is about taking the Trapping Inc. TV community to the next level, of building a community of shared interest and interacting with you, our fans. Who knows where we can go from here? To sign up, just go to locals.com and sign up for a free account, then search for Trapping Inc. and subscribe. $3 per month is the minimum fee we can charge, and that is where we have set it. That's simple. Just go to locals.com, open a free account, and then subscribe to Trapping Inc. Help us spread the truth about our way of life and the responsible and ethical management of the wild resources. And now back to today's show. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I, you know, Robert would, would uh, travel on, on the rivers, but then he would always climb up onto the top of the river bank to set his, you know, so, you know, you're climbing up 20, 30 feet or whatever it was. It wasn't a big deal, but his idea was, is that the higher up he was, the, the, the more the scent would carry around. Yeah, that's, that's too much work for me. I like just having it right beside the trail. And having... <laughs> me too. <laughs> I, I have a, a lot of boxes, a lot of, a lot of sets out and, and uh, I don't usually have to take no more than two or three steps from, from my machine before I'm at my right. box. <laughs> yeah. It's nice when it's, you don't even have to pop up your sheet machine one, once in a while too, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're using what, mostly 120s, 160s? What are you using? Uh, for Martin, I use 120s, uh, 120 Belials, and for Wolverines, I use uh, Savage O or uh, Belial 330s. Okay. Okay. You said you got 15 Wolverine this year? Yep, yep, 15. Wow. That is a huge number of Wolverine. I think I saw on Facebook, one of them went 4X or 5X, something like that? Yeah, almost all of them here will go uh, 4X. So you skin them all for taxidermy then? Yeah, yeah, all of them, and then uh, I give them. I give them a nice wash 
a wash in cold water too because they're quite quite dirty yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know the first animal that that ever struck me on was wolves i i i I caught a a a pack of uh, wolves and they were all like silvers right but i didn't really know they were silvers because they were just kind of a dirty color right and when i sent them out and got them tanned and they came back and they were like it was like they had a light on inside them they were just so brilliant but the difference even to take a picture of them and hold it up next to the picture of of that i'd taken the day i caught them you have no idea how dirty that fur is <laughs> some of them are just just nasty those ones what are some of the interesting habits that uh, your wolverine have um i'd say once they once they get a taste of running down your line they're they're definitely going to be coming back to that spot but i find that once they get educated to a martin trap they they know how to perfectly paw out a 120 eat out the back end of the box or the screen as they just systematically go to the next box and do that over and over again until until they're all done no kidding pretty much their main habits yeah so they can they can pull that trap out of the box without getting caught yeah they uh hit they uh hit it by the, the spring no kidding huh they're, they're pretty brilliant that way aren't they <laughs> but if they uh if they either get smacked by a 120 or it like startles them they'll uh, they won't touch the rest of the boxes they'll know they're do you ever catch any of them by the foot? Oh yeah, definitely. I had uh, two this year that caught uh, in a one But I have a good system where I I use a three-inch screw and a washer, and then I uh, I screw the one twenty in by the swivel. And I've never had a Wolverine by that. Oh okay, okay. I had um, I had a Wolverine on my line once. I don't have very many, very many Wolverine, but I had one on my line, and he um. He tore open a couple boxes and they were the old long style box that I had that had a, a bait chamber in it, right? So he just pried the lid off the bait chamber and ate them and uh, pretty much destroyed them. And then uh, the third or fourth box that he went to was a, was an uh, open-ended box and the bait was in behind the, the trap. So he just shoved his paw up there and, I, and he hung by the uh, on the tree there for, for a little while before he, he got off. But he... the um, nail pulled out of the tree and he, he took off with the with my trap well first he, he went back up the tree and he uh, smashed the box all the heck ate the beaver and took off and then he went and hit the next two three in a row on my martin traps as well and and on the last one here was the the trap that he'd ran away with hanging in the in the the other trap he the, the trap that was there that he'd sprung how how he did it i have no idea <laughs> but i felt good that he wasn't running around with a trap on him <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> so do your martin quit moving when it gets cold there yeah definitely at the beginning of uh of the year november once it, you first get that cold snap they kind of go in starvation mode and kind of freak out and roam around but i'd say afterwards anytime it's cold they're they're hunkered down for sure so i I have to wait until it warms up to at least minus twenty five before I actually. Yeah, at about suppose that. At about twenty twenty five is is when our our activity ends. They all they all go under under the snow and 
you know that that's that's one of the things that we've discovered is that martin loves snow they need lots of snow and they that, that's where you have higher numbers of, of martin is where there's lots of snow are your your numbers going up or go or, or are they stable at where you're at i mean is do you have any history on the line you're on like do you know how what it was like to trap before um i know that someone did trap maybe five or six years ago on the line that i'm on but I'd say they're, they're pretty stable. I trapped this, the same area last year, and I think there's actually more this year than there was last year. Yeah, yeah. For me, there's more more Martin. Um, even on my home quarter, you know, like I mean, uh, uh, there was Martin all. I've got a coyote bait on my home quarter here, and and uh, there was Martin all over the the. It's a bush quarter, but there was Martin all all over it. You know, no, normally there aren't in the wintertime, right? I mean, you travel back and forth the snowmobile to your your kite bait, you you uh you would notice all those tracks and everything but this year it was just crazy the number of martin that were around and even after the season closed down on uh up on the trap line on the big line i'm seeing martin tracks everywhere and that's good you know, it makes you excited about next year doesn't it yeah yeah seriously um i left my bait in my box so i kind of got, left the bait in there and when i did that run down that line there i couldn't believe how many martin tracks i saw and every single box was just cleared out that's cool. That, that is cool. <laughs> so, uh, what what do you are, are are your Martin typical brown Martin, or they do they have the bright throat patches? Do you get uh, color variations? You know, like I, I'm I'm often envious of the folks back in Newfoundland because their Martin are all dark, you know, and they get good dollars for it, right? Uh, I'd say it depends on the area for sure, but generally catch maybe a dozen with the bright orange throat patches and uh most of them are dark um and they're super big too so i caught uh, four or five triple x yeah they were all dark but i'd say most of the time they're um brown brown for sure as they created up yeah did you have yeah uh you sent a bunch of uh fur to the the auction did you Have you heard anything? Uh, not yet, no. But uh, I was talking to a fur buyer who bought one of my Wolverines. It went for two ninety US, which is four hundred Canadian. Oh, it sold at at auction, did it? Uh, yeah, yeah, he bought it. But I'm not too sure about my other ones. I got the first lot for Wolverine, but I'm not too sure sold or not i think it was valued at 500 us Ooh, my gosh yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's that good money <laughs> but i don't even know i think the fur buyers are waiting out for a lot well it was so unfortunate with i mean there was such a a wave building for the auction you know i mean everybody was excited there were so many fur buyers that we you know we were, we were down to just having the two auctions because there was just no there were no fur buyers put it that way everything was going to auction and and uh when nafa left and fur harvesters was the one left well it, there was a lot of excitement for it it was building it was big it was a big thing it was it was exciting and then to have this silly virus come along and and crush it like that that's that's terribly unfortunate It's nice that uh, 
cells under the I can't hear you, man. Oh, sorry. So it's it's nice that trappers up here uh, have a detected valley fur program. It's, uh, it's like a safety net, so they get us more bands on the fur that we're sitting with. And if it sells under the Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you guys have a, like with fur harvesters, you have the, uh, what, Mackenzie Valley stamp or something like that that they put on the fur from up there? Yeah, yeah. You want to explain that? Sure. Uh, yeah, so for that program, it's uh, it's an incentive to get people out trapping up here to utilize the, uh, like the amazing fur that we have. So the trapper brings in, for example, a Martin, they'll get $65 off of that. If that off sells for a penny over Right on, right on. It's also, uh, yeah, for wolves too. It's it's worth it for wolves because uh, I bring in a wolf, I get four hundred dollars right away, and it all has to be done properly, right? So it has to be done in fast for me. And if it sells for four hundred and one dollars, I'll get a three hundred dollar bonus plus the extra buck. Wow, those those are kind of the kind of money where you can make a living trapping. <laughs> Just have to be good at getting those wolves. Yeah. Why? Why are the wolves so high then? Why? Like, why aren't Wolverine high? Um, it's just I think it's more of an incentive just to uh, keep the moose and caribou numbers a little more stable because we have a ton of wolves. Oh, okay, okay. And they have a they have a bounty on uh, wolves north of where I am um, just to keep the caribou herd. Little more healthy, so the the bounty on wolves up there is twelve hundred bucks. Holy! Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. <laughs> so if you're good at fur too, you can clock in like twenty five hundred bucks a wolf. Wow, that's good money. That is really good money. And you say you have a lot of wolves. Yeah, yeah, we have quite a few wolves up here. So, do you trap them yourself? Uh, I used to, last year I snared, um, but I found it more effective just to lay out footholds around bait, wait until they come in and sit on their trails, but yeah, I target wolves close to, close to my house. Oh, okay. Okay. So when you, when you set your footholds and you set them right, right in the snow of the, of their trail? Yeah. Right on the trail. Yeah. I make sure I don't disturb it too much. Okay. And just make sure I'm wearing Traps are all boiled up, but more than likely they're gonna walk back on their own trail. So yeah, I found that the most effective way to get after. Okay, and you you'd be near baits, like so you would have road killed animal or whatever, right? Yep, yeah, yeah, have a little bait station there, or even if I'm just I have wolves running down my, my trap line, smelling Martin boxes, I just have it on their uh, where they're taking leaks on trees. Yeah, yeah, the people say, yeah, that's 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 very popular. Do you use a drag then, or or how do you set up your trap? I I just anchor it to a, a big spruce or a big pine. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Do you have trap checks? Once in a while, I'd set it. Go ahead. 
What's that? I see. Just go ahead. Uh, sorry. Um, I'd also I'd also set them if I'm setting on the open ice, which I also find quite effective. I have a uh, uh, two big um, spruce trees right by the cage. Um, I guess that is a set it on the open ice where um, the bait is right in the middle of the lake. That really lets the scent travel. That's cool. I'd like to see that. I've never thought about setting a bait out. Like, I mean, I often will put my bait on the lake, but I don't ever have, you know, I set my snares and everything back in the trees from the from the side of the lake. But you actually have traps right up there around the, around the bait. What uh, what trap do you use? I use a bridging a nine. Okay. Okay, that's a, that's a nice big trap. Do you have a, uh, uh, a a trap check law? Like you have to check them every so often, or? Yeah. So up here it's every I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So. Up here, you have to check them every. You have to check footholds every uh, seventy-two hours, but I make sure I check mine every twenty-four hours. Okay. How often do you run your line? Um, so that that longer one, the yeah. eighty to one twenty, I usually run it one or once or twice a week. Um, but for for the wolf the wolf leg holds, I run them almost every day, and I can just leave from my house and have it checked within forty-five. Okay, well, that's handy then. That that is, isn't it? It's amazing when you try to when you try to explain to people that that wolves are more often near habitation than they're not. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've, I find the ones that are close to close to town they're a little easier to catch too. Well, there's just more of them. Is is the thing like where I I travel through agricultural areas and that to get to my trap line and then. There's probably 70 kilometers of, uh, or 45 miles of bush before you get to my trap line. Well, the wolves just about end at the edge of the agriculture. Like they, they will make trips through some, and usually they travel on the roads, right? They're all oil roads and that kind of stuff. They'll travel on the roads where it's easy traveling and they'll come through once or maybe twice a winter. But I try and tell people that they'd prefer to be near the settlement. Like, um, Peavine is, uh, the Peavine settlement is my, is my southern neighbor and gift uh, settlement is is my uh, eastern neighbor, and they have problems with wolves, of course, because I mean they have cattle and all that kind of stuff, and and that's where the wolves prefer to be. And people just don't understand that it's a tough life to be out there in the, <laughs> in the bush all winter long when there's no trails or anything else, right? So, how big of uh, do, do your wolves get to be a large size there? I'd say uh, one of the bigger ones we saw last year was around 80 to, 80 to 100. Yeah. That's pretty much dead on average here. I, I got one this year. It was 96 pounds, uh, but it probably had 15 pounds of meat in its belly. <laughs> <laughs> Father-in-law, he used to hunt wolves quite often. He would have bait in the middle of the lake, and he'd wait until they were all done eating, and they'd just be running across the lake super full, making super slow, so he'd be able to clip them. Oh, no kidding. That takes a lot of patience. 
to yeah seriously i think one he pulled home 16 one time no kidding wow mm. do you do you have any problems with with mange or doglos up there uh not that i've seen yet nope okay good i think our coyotes and wolves and i get to well they get to doglos for sure comes from our the domestic dogs but I think the the mange too is got is probably you know coming from cattle or whatever because I mean cattle can get mange and I mean Ivomet clears it out but uh, it's too bad I mean I haven't caught a good wolf or wolf, a wolf that, that was worth skinning now in three years you know that's <laughs> yeah. a that's a lot of work for 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 nothing yeah so. One of the fascinating animals that we get asked so many much questions about is the wolverine. Tell me about uh, you know how big are, how big do they get there? Uh, so weight size, I yeah, think that, uh, 35, 35 to forty pounds. Okay, that is big, isn't it? And almost all of them. They're yeah, they're around four x. Do you catch many females, or is that mostly males? Uh, I'd say it's it's half and half, half and half. Okay. Do you see wolverines much, like in the summertime or anything like that? Uh, no. I think I've only seen four or five in my lifetime that were just roaming around the bush. One of those one that I saw this morning. Yeah. It was, it's amazing. It's even even like how many Martin do you ever see? <laughs> I've, I've probably seen two two in my lifetime. Yeah, I've I don't know how many thousands of kilometers. I, I think on snowmobiles alone, I've got you know twenty thousand kilometers on, and I've seen two. <laughs> you know, it's just you just don't see them. They're 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 amazing that way, aren't they? Yeah, super cool. I think one of those Martin that I saw was actually just on my back porch. Oh, really? <laughs> 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 oh, that's amazing so now that you're 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 new to uh to trapping tell me the highs and lows of it what's the good what's the bad um i think the good is when you're catching lots of fur um but definitely it takes a whole lot of time right like i have a full-time job i also run my own uh, tourism company and two kids so life doesn't and all my time trying to get after these animals. You need you need to take the take the kids with you. And then you got a maid. <laughs> she'll she'll want you to be going traveling all the time. <laughs> no, it's good though. Like uh, I, I find it really satisfying to be able to uh, take advantage of the amount of amount of land that we have up here. Oh yeah, we're able to. Sustainable resource, right? You're able to go and like have resource. For me, and I've been doing it for you know sixty years, of my life here. I'm always in awe of how much I, how little I know, how much there is to learn. And when you're out in nature at that time of the year, which isn't a normal time for our, for people to be out. You know, we're we're summertime boating, swimming kind of people, and that, and to be out in that in the, that harsh weather and the and the snow and all that kind of stuff, it's very different. And yet, that's when you learn the most about the animals, isn't it? 
Yeah, I've, I've I've learned so many lessons from from the animals that that you know if you listen long enough to the what, what they're saying, you'll you'll learn about what's important, right? So and it's it's super cool too, especially trying to trying to get after them. You're able to kind of get on their level and realize what their their uh, habits are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, tell me tell me something surprising about Martin there. Like, what was something that you didn't expect uh, for Martin, and yet it's important? Um, I'd say just make sure that you're setting them, um, <clears throat> setting your traps where they, they actually are. Yeah. And keeping your boxes nice, nice and juicy, because I've had a uh, crazy amount of refusals, especially in dead of winter, dead of winter when it's, it's super cold. They, they just don't want to go into sector. But uh, weather is a big factor. Yeah, I, I find... You know, we're far enough north, too, that things freeze dry on you, right? And so bait that you put in in November, you've got to be changing out in the middle of December because it's it's it'll be dried out to where it's, I mean, it looks, there's a big chunk there. It looks like there's still lots of, of meat there, but it doesn't have the lure that, that, that something uh, fresh does, right? You'd think... I guess you're always you're always thinking, you know, that that uh, those animals are in dire straits and that they they're you know they're really looking for that. They can't resist that that chunk of meat there, but that's not true. But at all, that was that was the thing that surprised me was was on the refusals and that you know was the fact that the, they could they could change their mind and 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 not accept it if they didn't didn't like what was going on. And you always think that they're doing so, you know, that they're they're so hard up, you know, it's such a harsh existence. But when you take a look at a moose. And watch them go effortlessly, effortlessly through the you know three four feet of snow, and you know they're they get they get frosted over top of their mane and their ears and that kind of stuff, and they're you know they're, they they seem to be just as happy as can be, and yet you see them in in June in fly season and they're miserable and they're you know abject standing in your pond trying to hide from the flies. I think they like the winter better than they do the summer. <laughs> Okay, if people want to come do a trapline tour, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they could just uh, look us up on our website, uh, which is narwal.ca, uh, or they can just give us a ring at 867-873-6443 and we'll be able to, to set up a trapline tour anytime from beginning of November to end of February. Right on. And do you have specialized packages or what, what's a tour like? Yeah, so it's generally from, uh, we have four hour and six hour tours, and uh, we're able to get out there. We leave right from the house by snowmobile, and uh, around midpoint through the trap line, we'll stop and we'll have uh, some tr traditional food like uh, caribou soup and bannock, and uh, stop and have some tea, and uh, just continue on the line um, afterwards. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It, it is amazing. Bannock is one of those very basic foods, but it is so varied from place to place to place and they all taste good <laughs> they all taste good covered in butter yeah. right <laughs> definitely <laughs> butter and bread. well Devin, i want to thank you very much for your patience we've had enough uh, enough issues today to to uh hang a man i tell you what and uh, i really appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on the podcast yeah yeah no worries i'm glad to glad to be on it all right. And I'd like to thank you folks for, for listening in. Uh, we are trying hard to get 
a bunch of people here. I, I would think in this, this virus situation we're in that there'd be lots of people doing nothing that, that would uh, want to do podcasts, but it's got to be, uh, it's got pretty tough. But anyway, we're trying. Anyway, hopefully we'll see you down the line. Be